Julianne de Saint-Laurens. Today's guest is the CEO of Online Instrument Systems, Inc. The daughter of a genius who began coding when she was just six, she now runs the biotech company he founded. She's focused on reducing waste in the lab, aided by the company's technology. She'll share insights about her work and her superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show, where we empower you. Julianne, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation today. I'm so excited to visit with you. Oh, thank you, Devin. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Well, thank you very, very much for being here. Uh, you are uh, a big deal, and that's kind of fun for us to have uh, you know, a CEO on the show. Tell us a little bit about your company and your father's legacy that you carry on. Well, thank you. Um, it is a special company in that we're one of the few American manufacturers of high-end laboratory instruments. And we got our start back in the 70s when my father, a research biochemist, um, had learned to program computers. And this was, of course, years before the PC came along. And so he started writing software for his own laboratory instruments, publishing the work as part of his research in bioluminescence. And others read it and they were like, how can we get computers on our instruments? And so um, after a short period of time, he recognized that there was literally a, a, a potential here to sell the software rather than gift it away, which he had been doing for a period of time. And for 15 years, that's what our company did, was upcycle best quality equipment that already existed, but which was produced during that heyday of time in science in America, the 50s and 60s, when the, uh, the government was just pouring money into research. Um, but these machines were pre-PC. It wasn't until the 90s that um, we started producing some of our own equipment, and all of it has the same intention of being upgradable. So just as we started with the older equipment and upgraded it electromechanically and computer-wise, uh, the instruments what we started building from scratch ourselves were designed also to allow this designed-in upgradability to keep them in use for decades rather than the finite period of time that today we've gotten too used to uh, products lasting. Well, uh, our audience is not <laughs> concentrated folks who use this lab equipment, but but take just a short few seconds to tell us a little bit about how scientists use this equipment, what it's used for. I, I, I worked for a company 30 years ago, back in the 90s, that had a lot of this kind of equipment, probably some of yours, but uh, tell us a little bit about it. Spectrophotometers are looking at molecules with light. So you and I can see the color of the clothes that we're wearing, the paint behind us, um, the color of our blood in our bodies. And spectrophotometers measure these things. And we as consumers like for things to be measured very accurately. So that's a direction that our company is moving in more recent time. Historically, again, we were founded by a biochemist. So our early years were done for basic research in blood, um, in um, I mean, really, you you name a, a molecule that has to do with uh, pharmaceuticals, vaccine development, that sort of thing. A lot of basic research. Algae, I mean, that's a big thing uh, that, you know, we want algae to be used for as an alternative fuel source. And so you have to understand algae in order to grow it uh, to an optimal level. And that's the kind of thing that spectrophotometers are used for. 
Yeah, uh, that's it's fascinating. Now, one of your focuses in recent years uh, has become on reducing waste. Tell us a little bit about your efforts to reduce waste in science. Absolutely. Well, it's always been my love of this company was that we were upcycling equipment. So we were therefore reducing the wasted instrumentation, extending its lifespan. But a product that my father developed back around 2000 or so um, dramatically simplifies the preparation of a sample for a measurement. The irony about you know all the things that you and I just talked about that you and I can see, spectrophotometers can't see unless they're clarified, unless they are clear. Well, what's clear? Literally nothing unless it's produced in a laboratory with a lot of consumables, a lot of effort, a lot of water waste, et cetera, et cetera. And so being able to make accurate measurements without all of that waste production, you know, in, in the process is just an enormous thing. Um, because, you know, I first time I visited a laboratory, I mean, just for practical sake, talking about a, a beer laboratory, beakers and beakers and beakers and funnels and funnels and all this effort. And I have this little machine and I'm like, in four seconds, I can make this measurement for you rather than you having to go through all of this effort. Um, and so, you know, needless to say, we're very optimistic that we will be making an impact in the beverage industry in reducing waste in their laboratories. Um, and um, then to extrapolate that, you know, to, to other areas as well. Again, vaccine production and, and uh, water management, algae bloom growth, lots of things that uh, technology can be used for. Yeah, yeah. It's a fascinating, fascinating space. Um, as you think about the uh, your father's legacy and and the work that you carry on, what what's most important to you? Uh, the fact that we live this remarkable time right now, where technology is just continuously evolving and improving, and recognizing that we can implement the very best in order to get the best answers while also reducing waste, while also reducing a redundancy. And um, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's so important because, it's, I mean, there's, there's nothing that you and I can think about that makes our lives convenient today that wasn't developed by a scientist somewhere along the line, some facet of it. And to give them better tools that make it more efficient for them to do their work costing them less money because of course all these consumables that I'm talking about them wasting cost money they have to buy them they have to be produced they have to buy them they have to use them they have to then get rid of them I mean something we haven't touched on is animal waste I mean I, I loathe this topic but it's something that's really true in research is how many animals have been used in science and the fact that I know that we are reducing the number of animals being you know sacrificed in the name of better you know eye drops or whatever it is for us is, is really valuable. Um, and then from the researcher side of view, you know, of course, he wants to use fewer animals um, and and have less waste at the other end. Um, and, and so it, it all works together to uh, better results, less waste. Yeah. As you think about, I mean, you've had a remarkable career and uh, to be the CEO of a a company, especially a, a scientific company, I, uh, I I think there's some pretty good data that there are not a lot of women in science in America. Uh, something we ought to change. But 
you are an unusual person in that regard. Um, what do you see as your superpower? Well, it, it, I, it's kind of twofold. On the one hand, I have this incredible commitment to you know something that I started and that I saw the value in and I've stayed with it for my entire life. Um, and I read a beautiful quote the other day, the irony of commitment is how liberating it can be. And that's really true. I've, I've, I've been liberated by the fact that there's never been a plan B. I'm going to get these products used by as many people as possible for the betterment of mankind. Yay. Um, the, the other side of that is that I am so growth oriented. I'm constantly learning, taking on new things. I'm not at all intimidated by new technology, by new problems, by new environments, by new applications. Um, and, you know, on a, 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 you know, my husband's like, you know, do you always have to be taking a class? Uh, and the answer is yes. And they're fun classes. You know, last year I took the inner MBA program and I got certified, you know, another 200 hours of yoga training. So I, I try to keep a balanced life here while staying very, very focused uh, with this commitment to uh, online instrument systems. Yeah. As you think about uh, commitment, I imagine that over your life and career, you've achieved a lot of things where you recognize that the key to success was the commitment, uh, you know, kind of an undeviating commitment. Can you think of an example that you could share with us? Work-related wise, I mean. Work or personal? Yeah, no, I just, uh, no matter where the winds have taken us and over the decades, we've been through a lot of ups and downs. I just, I got on my knees, you know, or whatever it took, you know, to ride through it. But even in the worst of times, I would literally say there is no plan B, this has to work. And, and that, assurance that it was going to work made it possible for me to get up off the floor and 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 come back into the office and and you know do what needed to be done uh in order to do it and then of course you know once you ride over you know through that deepest of valleys then of course you're back up on another upswing again and i mean that's the the beauty of life i mean the, the cycles just never never change they never end you know it's there's after every mountain there's a valley and you just have to not get discouraged by the valleys, but recognize that this too shall pass. And as long as I don't quit, <laughs> because of course the, the quitting is when things end. Um, and if you don't quit, then it hasn't ended yet. That's right. That's a great point. That's a great point. You know, there are a lot of people uh, who don't have your sense of commitment uh, and want it. You know, they, they want it find something they can really commit to and then commit to it. Right. Uh, it, it. Let's assume for a minute that someone has found that thing they want to commit to, but uh, they don't know how to do it. How would you coach someone to really commit to something that they are eager to commit to and, and stay with it through the long haul? You know, that's, that's kind of like saying, you know, how do you know how to stay in a marriage? You know, it, it's really, it's, it's, it's a decision that I've made. It's, it's, I, I, I can look around and I can say, there's so many other things that I could be doing. You know, I could be teaching the Enneagram. I could be, you know, who knows what I could be doing if I weren't doing this. Um, but again, you know, the irony of, of commitment is, is it, it, 
it, it takes the, the question marks away. It's just, this is what I'm doing. This is what I do. And, and as long as you've got that, I mean, it's, I can't not do this. I mean, I really can't. <laughs> and and I, I wish everyone could find something that they're that passionate about, where they just feel like this is what my purpose is. This is what I was made to do. This feels right, you know, um, and, and then just don't lose that initial assurance that 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 go back and remember why it felt so good and tap into that when you're feeling low. Um, because again, the valleys are going to happen. The, the self-doubt is going to come along. The other opportunities will present themselves. Well, do any of those things have that resonance, that, that heft um, that, that your early commitment uh, uh, felt? And yeah, I've, I've given a lot, up a lot over the years to do this, but no regrets, hopefully. Yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, Julie, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We're so grateful. Before we wrap up, I wonder if I could invite you to take a minute and tell us more about uh, your business in terms of how people can learn more, uh, maybe a website, share if you would, the uh, other contact information for you. I know people will want to be in touch with you, but let people know the best way to, to follow you, perhaps on social media and that sort of thing. Thank you. Um, I am on LinkedIn, Julie Ann DeSaul Lorenz. It's four names, but uh, none of them are very long. Um, and um, the company uh, website is olisclarity.com. And that's interesting. Olis, O-L-I-S, is the acronym for Online Instrument Systems, our name. And then I appended the clarity to it years ago after developing this instrument for reducing waste in science. So the name um, uh, goes together. And uh, there you will find all kinds of cool things about not only the clarity, but some of the other things that we've done. You'll see some information on my dad, who's a, a genius and still alive and alive and kicking, as he likes to say, whenever you ask him how he's doing. <laughs> Good. Well, fantastic. Uh, Julie, thank you very much for being with us today. We wish you all the success in the world as you're in your efforts to reduce waste in the world, especially in science. Beautiful. Thank you so very much for your time. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.